Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arnold. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. It's nice to have friends. It's nice to have friends that have talent, and it's nice to have talented friends that take your calls. My talented friend is Jameson Statham, and he is the person that wrote and performed my theme song. So I thought uh, it's about time I get him on the show. He is the creation of uh, creator of Go Fish, a Dove Award-winning producer, songwriter, and performer, and he loves to make music for uh, kids of all ages. And if you love his music, which I do, and you're a parent or a grandparent, you realize your kids love the music and you love the music. His songs have been featured on Fox, on NBC, ABC, PBS. He's all over the place. He also records and performs children's music under the name Big Daddy Jam. Jameson, welcome. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> you know, I had this, I was just uh, chuckling over here listening to your theme song. I kind of, yeah. It's been a while since I've heard that. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, that sounds good. <laughs> People love this. I mean, we we first started when I when I had the morning show and I had the early yeah. morning late show. And yeah. you did that one as well. And I said, Jameson, I'm moving to afternoons. Can we uh, retrofit my, my theme song for the afternoons? You said, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, you know, you can make anything rhyme, right? So I, kind of, kind of, I took the I took the lazy man out. I left everything the same and just changed a couple of lines. But that's sort of like songwriting 101. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. So. Now, you've got a lot going on this summer. Uh, your music, Go Fish, uh, does a lot of uh, yeah. v- uh, vacation Bible uh, schools this summer. And there's lots of churches, lots of church activity. There's concerts coming up. Let's just hear about what's going on. Yeah, I'm really excited for the summer. I mean, obviously, we were going to, we've taken a break from touring, and we were going to get back at it last summer, and then obviously COVID happened. And so um, I'm really grateful all of our concerts from last summer just rolled into this summer. So uh, we're doing a lot of traveling over the next couple of months. We're in California, Maine, Ohio, Indiana. Um, and so I'm really just pumped to just get out there. And yeah, we have lots of churches. Uh, we have six different Go Fish Vacation Bible School programs. And so we have tons of churches across the country using all of those. And uh, so we're hoping that there's lots of good uh, fishing going on this summer. I love that. You're also performing at several of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association events this year, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, we are. We've um, Billy's son, Will, is doing celebrations. And so they have week-long or weekend-long events and the Saturday morning during their crusades or they call them celebrations now, but the Saturday morning is a kids fest event and that's where we perform. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're thrilled to partner with them. They're just such a great organization. They always do everything top notch. So those shows are always a lot of fun. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Now I know you love uh, writing and performing uh, kids music. And when kids music is something that adults love too, you're really onto something. (laughs) Well, we always say the key, we try to make uh, great music for kids that won't drive parents bonkers. Because I learned early on, I I have three boys, they're older now, but uh, they weren't when we started this. And I remember some of the kids' music that was out there before, because Go Fish didn't start out doing kids' music. 
And uh, I just remember listening to you know, whatever kids music when my kids were little. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to cut it for me. And um, I, uh, for whatever reason, a lot of people who make kids music, they tend to forget that the parents and grandparents are stuck listening to that music just as much <laughs> as the kids, if not more. And you know when kids latch on to something, it's just over and over and oh, over. So yeah. We need to harness this and, and uh, hopefully make music that parents can enjoy with their kids. And one of my favorite things that I hear is when a mom or dad will come up to us after a concert and they're like, you know, I realized the other day I dropped my kids off at school and an hour later I was still listening to your music in the car. Is that normal? Is there something wrong? Um, I'm like, no, that's exactly what we want to hear. So Yeah. Well, I love it when I have in-studio guests and the theme song plays and I, out of the corner of my eye, watch them kind of start to do their little, uh, you know, dancing. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm not even going to tell you this is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm just going to let you dance. But uh, it's that's right. You just got to... Yeah. Roll with it. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the art of doing a catchy tune is not easy. I'd say that's a gift from God. I, I would agree. Um, I don't know why, for whatever reason, the kids like our music. I have a knack for writing kids' songs, and it's not something I, like, set out to try to do or um, had had a dream when I was, a, you know, starting out in the music business. One day I'm going to make music for kids that they're going to, you know. It just is one of those things that, um, happened and I don't, I can't really explain it other than, um, it, it is a gift that I'm grateful for. And, you know, when you do these concerts and you see grandparents and parents and kids, we like to say kids ages zero to a hundred, but when you see them all just praising God, singing the song, singing along, it really is just, uh, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. When I name drop go fish, uh, it, people do light up. They do love your stuff. Now, now, let me just say this. I want to do something kind of un, untraditional on my talk show, and that is play some music. And I'm not just going to play a little piece of uh, some of your songs. I'm going to try to play two songs in this okay. half hour in their entirety. And this song I want you to set up because this is your tribute to Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. This is brand new. We just released this maybe a month or two ago. And, uh, yeah, you know, I loved Mr. Rogers when I was a little kid, but, you know, I kind of forgot about him, quite frankly. And I saw a documentary about Mr. Rogers, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And man, it just tore me up. I was sitting in the back row of that theater, just bawling like a baby. I forgot <laughs> some of I was, some of his messages are just so timeless. And, uh, um, and so I left that movie theater watching this documentary on Mr. Rogers. And I thought, you know what? I want to write a song that Mr. Rogers would be proud of. And so I appropriately named it I Like You. He would say that all the time. He'd say there's no one else in this world like you, and that's what makes you special. Um, we would go a step further and go fish world and say, you know, God is the one that created us special. God is one that makes us unique. Um, but at the end of the day, that simple message from Mr. Rogers, it's like, hey, you know what? I like you. It uh, almost seems just too simple, but it is true, and it is powerful when you can just look at someone and go, hey, I like you just the way you are. Well, I think it's time to hear the song, Go Fish, I Like You. Oh, 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 I like you. Nobody else can shine the way you do. In this great big world, nothing could be more true than the way I feel. I like you. 
delicious or super duper mad If you feel a little crazy, that's okay Let me tell you a secret, we all feel that way Believe me, believe me, believe me when I say Oh, 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 oh I like you Nobody else can shine the way James, and I think my listeners are just all of a sudden 73% happier. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I like you, Bill. Jameson Statham and Go Fish. You know, where do we get our hands on this music? What what can we do to... Where do we go to find it? Sure. Well, it's, it's available... Um, our main website is gofishkidsmusic.com. Okay. So you can go on there. We have links. So if you get stuff on Spotify or iTunes or you want to order a CD, you can do all that sure. at GoFishKidsMusic.com. Sure. We'll take a little break. We'll come back lots more with Jameson Stedema. And we're going to uh, hear another song in the next 15 minutes. So look forward to that. Be right back.
Welcome back to the show. My guest is Jameson Statema, creator of Go Fish, and also he uh, writes music that kids love and that doesn't drive parents bonkers, which I <laughs> have to say plan. is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, Jameson, talk about Bible Beats 3. What is that? Well, you know, for those of us who are those of you who are familiar with Go Fish, we've been around for over 20 years now. And so uh, what we've done in the last couple of years, the great thing about making music for kids is about every 10 years, there's a whole new crop of kids. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, the thing, we had so much music that had come out. And so we decided to sort of remaster and reorganize all of uh, people's favorite Go Fish tunes. And so we came out with Bible Beats, Bible Beats 2, and now we've just released Bible Beats 3. And really, it's all your favorite Go Fish Kids music, just reorganized and remastered for the next generation. And this is sort of a massive update and facelift for all of our uh, kids' music. And so that's what the Bible Beats series is. So mm-hmm. if you like Go Fish, you'll like the Bible Beats CDs. Talk about vacation Bible school curriculum, too. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's become a big part of what we do, and we really feel like a high view of Scripture leads to a high view of God. And so we wanted to create Vacation Bible School curriculum that really pointed kids straight to God's Word. Uh, A lot of what's out there um, tends to be maybe watered down or you gloss over some of the more uncomfortable parts of the gospel, and we didn't want to do that. We wanted rock-solid Bible teaching. Uh, for years, um, I've been involved with the Bible Study Fellowship and just love it. And so that's really uh, shaped a lot of my thinking when it comes to children's ministry curriculum. And uh, we don't feel like it needs to be watered down. And so that was our goal, to really use our music and to just, in a fun way, teach t- kids that a high view of Scripture leads to a high view of God. And so we are thrilled. We've had thousands of churches uh, use our BBS curriculum through the years, and it's been really incredible. Uh, just to see God's Word at work in the lives of these kids and the volunteers. Jameson, so when they the, when they access the curriculum, you have access to videos and great music and all the things that really help people do vacation Bible school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and all of it now is downloadable. And so, yeah, they have Go Fish Music, Go Fish Music videos, crafts, snacks, Bible lessons, preschool program, everything that you would need. And we have six complete programs. So if your church starts at with backstage with the Bible and they go through all six of our programs, in theory, all of your children's ministry kids will have turned over and you can do them all again if you want. So that's why we did six. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun. It's engaging. And uh, churches love it. So we're, we're grateful. Yeah. So when you do big concerts, do, do you do like, all right, good night, everyone. We're all done. And then you come on and do an encore. What would be your encore song? Would it be My God? It pretty much always is My God. That is by far <laughs> our most popular song. All right. And it's just, uh, yeah. Then I insist we hear it right now. Here's Go Fish, My Sounds God. Good. All right. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. Beginning, God made everything. 
Wow, there is your encore song, Jameson. That's fantastic. <laughs> there you go. So is it okay for you to sit and listen to the song as it's being played? Oh, yeah. Cool. I love it. I don't know what it is. It's a, it, hearing it on the radio never gets old. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What about your three boys? Now, they've grown up with Dad's music in the house, and do they yeah. go, Dad, not this song again? <laughs> no, they're pretty great about it. And actually, that's one of the big reasons I wanted to get back out on the road is my older sons are going to be coming out selling merch and T-shirts and Sweet. CDs and all that stuff. So they're going to be traveling with me, which I'm really excited about that. And uh, they, they're pretty uh, musically talented themselves. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of teach them the biz. Really? So the, <laughs> so the music lessons are paying off is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what are they, yeah. what are yeah. they, what are they playing? Oh, man, they're really good writers. All of them are really creative, and all three of them really have that entrepreneurial kind of bent. And so my, my oldest son, he's going to be senior next year, so he's heading off to college soon. And, wow. And uh, so he's a he's a tremendous writer, and, and he does some rap stuff. And 
beat making and all this stuff. And they're, mm-hmm. they're all, they're, they're pretty eclectic. They do all kinds of different things, but um, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of them. They're, it's pretty fun to watch them just grow and become just young men. They're, they're all three very unique, but they're definitely kind of all cut from the same cloth as well. <laughs> <laughs> it must be kind of amazing to see them emerge from their, their, their basement or their bedroom with a song You're going dad, check this out. Yeah, totally. It, it blows me away. <laughs> I'm sure it, it, it really blows me away. It's so fun to see that and just the way their their minds work and think. It's really being a parent is just such a, a blessing. Uh, I'm just so proud of all three of them. They're just uh, amazing young men. Yeah. So just I want my listeners to get another chance of hearing from you uh, where they access the music. And, and if you're a vacation Bible school yeah. director and you still have not decided what program to consider. The uh, Go Fish Vacation Bible School curriculum is pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, if you're a church or a church volunteer or children's ministry worker, um, the website you want to go to is gofishresources.com. Those are all of our children's, mini, or children's ministry worship resources. So worship videos, VBS, Advent curriculum, Easter curriculum, all that is at gofishresources.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking for, to come see us in concert or to get a CD, T-shirt, more of the Go Fish band, kids music thing, then you just go to gofishkidsmusic.com. Nice. And same with like Instagram, Go Fish Kids Music, YouTube, Go Fish Kids Music. It's pretty easy to find. Yeah, yeah. Just got a nice uh, note from a listener. We have enjoyed Go Fish Music. Our kids listened to it when they were younger, and now they are 27 to 33. And now my grandkids are listening to it. They are ages two to nine. Oh, that's so awesome. That's yeah, really cool, that's isn't exactly it? exactly it. You know, there's always more kids coming up. And, yeah, uh, you know, we'll have uh, parents come through the line at our concerts, and they're like, we saw you when we were little. Now we have our own kids. And it's just, yeah. it's amazing. The cool thing is I have not aged at all. I have not gotten that's so older. Nice. But the kids keep coming. It's really it's a, quite an amazing thing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for writing my theme song for the shows, two shows, and also thank you for being my friend. You know what, Bill? I think uh, uh, you are an awesome dude, and I like you. (laughs) That's the way you are. All right. That's so nice. (laughs) Well, have a wonderful summer traveling with the kids and and bringing uh, music to the world and changing little lives. That's awesome. Absolutely. I hope I see tons of your listeners at our concerts this summer. It's been great being on here. Thank you, Bill. That'd be wonderful. Thanks so much. Jameson Statham has been my guest. We can take a little break, and then uh, there's lots more still to come. Mike Novotny is going to be joining me. He's written a book on healing from trauma. If that's been your story, you're going to definitely want to stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mike Novotny said that if you've been through a traumatic event like an unexpected death or a painful divorce, maybe a loved one's addiction, 
there are few things that have the power to heal, quite like God's Word and, and God's people. But keeping secrets keeps us stuck in our pain. But humbly opening the Word and inviting others into our lives has healing power that he can explain to us, which we're very glad he can do that. He's the pastor at CORE, a church in downtown Appleton, Wisconsin. He's also a lead speaker for Time of Grace, which is a media ministry that reaches more than a million times each month through a weekly television broadcast and podcast. So he's way behind my fan base, but uh, that's another <laughs> another topic. He's with us today. Uh, to talk about uh, a book series, How to Heal. Mike, welcome. Hey, thanks, Bill. You know, those numbers sound big and impressive, but yeah. when you go home after a sermon <laughs> and your own kids can't tell you what it was about, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, when we're serving the Lord, uh, nothing matters. I'm speaking to uh, one person today. That's all. Yeah. And I hope, I hope there's more than one listening. But honestly, you're here to show up and suit up and serve, right? Amen to that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. So let's talk about the need to heal when, when there's abuse that's involved. Let's talk about what, what God says and what God says to the person who's been abused. And let's talk about what God says to the um, the abusive and, and then to the church. So big topics, mm-hmm. but let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Where do you want to start? Let's start with abuse. What does God say? It's bad. Um yeah, beyond he, God hates abuse with such a passion that the Bible speaks in the starkest of terms of what God thinks of people who give in to selfish patterns of violence. Um, I mean, what, you have to get six chapters into the story of the flood? You know, God brings this devastation to almost all of humanity, and the reason given was because the earth was filled with violence. Mm-hmm. So you know, you think of, of God's judgment. I mean, has it ever been poured out quite like that? Um, so God sets this tone really early that, unfortunately, we don't always hear as clearly in our churches of how much God takes the side of the oppressed and the abused, and he is passionately against those who are abusive. Yeah, so we— <laughs> understand that clearly that God is against this and he has consequences for it, obviously, as we read in scripture, but there's a, a lot that we still need to learn about uh, the people who have been abused and the people who are doing the abusive behavior. And I know this is a sensitive topic, so uh, yeah. you're going to need to kind of help guide me through this conversation because you've worked on it so much harder than I have. Yeah, you know, I feel I'm not the most naive person in the room, but I I grew up in a safe family. I've been I married my first girlfriend who I can't I'm trying to remember the if I've ever seen her all that angry. So I, I was kind of blessed with this bubble where abuse was a, a foreign concept to me. Uh, but a couple months ago, we kind of dove into the deep end at our church to do this three part series on abuse. And wow, once I started digging and reading and asking questions and hearing people's stories, um, it, it it broke my heart just to hear what a common situation it is for someone to have not just been hurt by a, a word or a one-time action, but just this persistent pattern mm-hmm. of people fear and force to control them. And I, 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 I didn't realize it, but I had been preaching to 
you know, triple digit abuse victims every Sunday in our smallish, medium sized church. Mm, wow. So I know that we have heard stories here at Faith Radio from people who have been victims of abuse. And I promise, Mike, they're horrible. And especially when the abuser has been their husband who's been a pastor. Yes. So yes. It, it does it, run deep and it, it is really hard to process. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's one of the things that starts to, to drive me more than ever is that, you know, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And when people who claim to be followers of Jesus or, or claim to represent Jesus as leaders, when husbands or fathers or you know even females are opening the Bible and using it to cover up their abuse, that, that just does such damage to the beautiful name of Jesus. And so kind of part of my motivation now is just to be so clear of how much God hates this, how much he loves people who've been broken by abuse. So people run to the name of God instead of running away from the name of God because it's been twisted. So, Mike, if we do a little self-diagnostic here, you grew up mm-hmm. in a pretty nice home. Uh, Mom and dad got along. You met your wife at a young age, and you apparently have not done much yelling in, in your relationship, which is awesome. But mm-hmm. if we're just speaking to everyone right now, mm-hmm. what are some ways we can do a, a diagnostic on looking at yourself? I mean, how your dad treated your mom, how your mom spoke to your dad, uh, how the adults in your life treated you. I mean, here's some questions you have in your in your book. Do you have a pattern of getting angry when your partner or children don't do what you want? Do you express mm-hmm. anger by name-calling, threatening looks, physical threats, physical acts, like breaking things? Um, these are all kind of—that's a scary behavior. Yeah, yeah, and it can show up in so many forms, right? It might be—we kind of think of the, you know, the woman with the black eye— mm-hmm the guy throwing a beer bottle against the wall, the towering over the children, physical threats. Um, but wow, I've, I've learned a lot about the power of words to control people. Um, if you're dating someone and you tell them you're worthless, you're ugly, I don't know why I'm with you, you can never have a healthy relationship, you're so disgusting, you're so stupid, you, know, you say that enough times. And even though it's just one voice, for someone who's been through that, it, it almost becomes like truth. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, from the outside, you're looking at someone who's just you know, being taken advantage of saying, oh, you, you need to, to get out. But unfortunately, we learn through repetition. And that can be a beautiful thing when God says he loves us and he's for us countless times in the Bible. But abusers can hijack the way the brain works and just convince people that there's nothing better than the situation that they're in. And so they stay. Yeah. And I would say, Mike, that you can maybe hear something once and it can be pretty traumatizing. You don't need mm. to hear it multiple times. You hear something once, and it can just be a game changer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. words makes me think of James chapter three. You know, the the little tongue in our body Oof. sets a whole forest on fire, and it uh, it, it can't be tamed. So yeah, you're, you're spot on. Just mm-hmm. recognizing, for better or worse, the power of our words. Yeah. What about when people in your life are afraid to contradict you? In other words, there's going to be no discussion. It's my way or the highway. Hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not like Jesus. <laughs> it sure isn't. <laughs> yeah, just uh, I don't know if this is good. Uh, you can correct me if you think my explanation of the book of Genesis is off. 
But it, it struck me that in the beginning when God created man and woman, you know, he created Eve out of Adam's rib. And I, I thought a ton about that in recent years. Like what is a, a rib is this really strong bone that like it, it takes a hit so that these vital and vulnerable organs beneath it can thrive. And I was thinking when, yeah, and abuse can go both ways with men and women, but um, you know, stereotypically and statistically, it's more men that if men are good ribs, you know, they'll take the hit. They'll go through something uncomfortable. They'll get, they'll get bruised to make the vital people in their home feel safe so they can thrive and be exactly what God has made them to be. But I just sense there's a lot of, there's a lot of broken ribs out there um, for a whole bunch of reasons. And really men stepping up to be strong in a Christ-like way, um, to defend the weak, to stand up for those who are being taken advantage of. Um, man, I'm, I, I think about that often, just the, the calling that God has given to us to be strong, but to be sacrificial, which is really exactly what Jesus did for his church. Yeah, Mike, I'm not going to correct you on that one. I think you're spot on. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think of what Paul writes in the New Testament um, when he uh, talks about himself, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. Yes. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So Paul was violent. Yeah, yeah. That, that In this little book that I wrote, How to Heal, I come back to that in the second part because, you know, we want to be really strong of the evil of abuse. And yet, isn't it interesting that the guy who writes half the New Testament was an abusive man that people feared? Right. You know, and not so, just kind of. Yes. <laughs> they really feared him. Yes. Yeah, in, indeed. So it, it's just a great reminder. I mean, in our church, we have many, many people who've been abused. And I've, I've come to know a number of people who have been abusive and even done jail time for that. And, you know, making sure that our, our church, you know, in a wise way, in a loving way, is not just picking and choosing who can be forgiven or be welcomed or be saved, trying to be as biblical as we can with, with everyone involved in the situation. Mm-hmm. Well, as we continue this discussion, Mike, I also want to throw into the, mi- the mix the idea of what's going on in our country the last 15 months and the COVID, the way in which it has caused us to spend a lot more time under a lot more difficult circumstances. Yeah. And there's been a lot of added new pressures because of the proximity. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, what what do you think? As I've kind of analyzed COVID, um, I kind of thought whatever existed before was just multiplied by a factor of 10. Mm -hmm. You know, if you had a really kind of loving home life, safe, if addiction and abuse weren't issues, like things for a lot of people got a lot better. Um, But for other people who were in dangerous situations, you know, for some kids going to school, was their escape from, from, you know, mom's boyfriend's anger, right? Um, you know, then situations just got even more frequent and intense. So yeah, COVID really, w- whether it's addiction to pornography or drinking or um, abuse, like yeah, that just what existed before got a lot, got a lot greater in the, in the past 15 months. Mm-hmm. It says in Psalm, I think it's 11, the Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. I'd love for you to talk about that from a pastoral standpoint. Oof. 
Yeah. Yeah, we, we often say, and I think for good reason, you know, God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. But yeah. this is one of those passages that kind of has an asterisk after that statement, like those who love violence so that, you know, they don't just struggle with it or repent of it. They love it. They love seeing people in pain. I mean, God could not be more clear here. He hates, he hates, and not just regularly, but with a passion. So if somehow there was a regular hatred and then there was super passionate hatred, that's where God stands as he looks out on those who love violence. So, I mean, that's a warning if someone's listening and they're they're minimizing their abusive behavior. You know, I just, it was a bad day or the, you know, she was asking for it or, or the kids shouldn't talk back to me or I was drunk. Like, no, like you need to see how God sees this. Um, he doesn't just hate it. <laughs> if there's not repentance and coming to him in remorse, he, he will hate you with a passion, which... <sighs> Someone who's manipulative just needs to be smacked in the face with the truth of the word before it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Mike, talk a little bit more about that with people that use the Bible to get what they want oh. and maybe using it in a, a weaponized sort of way and being very manipulative. Yeah. Uh, so I I just got this, maybe one of the top five longest emails anyone has <laughs> ever uh, came into my inbox yesterday. It was a a guy who had grown up with a little bit of church. He he called himself an absolute atheist now. Um, his mom was being abused, and he was being abused by the, the father um, and the husband. And then they started going to church. And the father took all the passages about, you know, sparing the rod in the Proverbs, and he just turned into a sadist who would— mm. I mean, the, wow. this man's— sent me a, a note. He remembers his like little superhero underwear being stained with his own blood. Boy. Um, you know, oh, so that, that, that's heavy when you think about it. And now what is it, what has it done? It has totally turned him off to the God of the Bible because this monster took a good scripture about loving discipline and twisted it for his own selfish gain. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've realized, I, you know, I can't fix and we can't fix everyone's individual behavior. But where I want to do better as a pastor and as a church is just to be so so clear when we publicly speak about this, that if a kid is going through that and he comes to church on Sunday, he he knows that his pastor and his Jesus is not standing on the side of his abuser. That's important. That, That's a big deal. Yeah, God hates it with a passion. I just, I pray you can escape it. I'll do whatever I can to help you. But if there's something going on right now that we don't know about, just let's be clear of where our loving Savior stands. Mm. God bless you in this ministry that you have and this awareness you have. Pastor Mike Novotny is our guest. He's the pastor at the core, a church in downtown Appleton, Wisconsin. We're talking uh, about his How to Heal ebook. We'll be right back. Moody said, the voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. 
I love that quote. My guest is Pastor Mike Novotny. He's the pastor at The Core, a church in downtown Appleton, Wisconsin. He's written a book, How to Heal. And let me ask you this, Mike, because what happens when the church uh, needs to forgive and forget the sin of abuse? How do we process that, and, and how do we go about making sure that we um, have a place for repentant abusers among its members? Yeah, great question. Um, I think to what you said, we forgive, but we must, 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 must not forget. Um, I, I sometimes say, if I, if I know that you're an alcoholic and you're battling it, um, you, I would love to have you in my church, but you're not going to come early to set up the bread and the wine for communion. If you have a gambling addiction, I would love for you to, to walk with us and, and seek God and his forgiveness but you're probably not going to be counting the offering mm-hmm. in the back office with the other ushers. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, if you have a history of abuse, um, we are going to shepherd you and welcome you with a wisdom. So background checks. Absolutely. Um, we have a number of, of people who've been involved in our church family who have to come with a chauffeur where I know you're a grown man, but if you get up to go to the bathroom, uh, a buddy's going to go with you. Wow. You know, you, you step onto our property, and until you leave it, we're not going to treat you as second class. You're absolutely forgiven by the blood of Christ, but we are called by Christ to protect the little ones and to make it a safe place. We want to be like a rib to our whole church family. And so, yeah, it's we're willing to do the work and set up the boundaries. You have to have the humility to submit to it. And And what I've really found is having high standards like that at a church— will help you see if the abusive person really does lament their sin or if they're still trying to manipulate and hold on to power and control. Wow, that's powerful, Mike. So I want to continue this because when it comes to someone who's been abusive and violent or maybe has a registered sex offender or something like that, I'm pretty certain that there's a a big population of the church that is a little tentative, a little cringeworthy when it comes to accepting them in. And Jesus was, of course, known for always being with the people who were on the the margins, the prostitutes and tax collectors, and those were considered probably the worst sinners of the day. So what do, how do faithful believers come alongside the ones that would be considered the abusive and the sex offenders and some of the worst sinners of our day? Oh, man. I think that's the right question, Bill. Um, <laughs> it's I kind of wrote this down on my, my notes before we talked today. If if you want church to be easy, then just pick and choose who can come. <laughs> yeah, well said. You know, I mean, th- this whole issue, and you're right about it, it I mean, it is so damaging. It, it does traumatize people that it is work. And ha- having been in the middle of it, it's it's just a lot of work to— follow up and get the volunteers and the show. It's work for me. It's extra work for the abusive person who wants to come. It And it's extra work for the, the congregation because those are some painful memories for many people. So yeah, if, if we want Sunday to just be convenient and comfortable, um, we got to give up this thing about grace and we got to start picking and choosing the, the good people instead of the really bad ones. Mm-hmm. But I have a hunch in the Bible it says something about grace. So you can... 
<laughs> it's the reality of it, right? It's the <laughs> messiness mm-hmm. of the real church. You had, you had Simon the Zealot, and you had Matthew the tax collector, and you had Jewish men and women who had been taken advantage of and hurt, and but God brought them all together. So we're trying to imitate that in our day. Mm-hmm. Now, as your church family has reached out and come alongside people who have been abusive or have been victims of abuse, how have you come alongside... What have you done that has helped and worked? And is there anything that you wished you would have done differently? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a sharp question. I mean, I, I do um, a lot of work with uh, men in recovery from drugs and alcohol. And yeah. when you're when you're dealing with people who have been abusive, and uh, it, it is very challenging. And and I I feel like I make a lot of mistakes trying to help. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one thing that I've tried to do and I want to do even more is, is just the, the overwhelming emphasis in the New Testament of our identity through Jesus. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I went through the whole New Testament and I underlined like every single passage that talked about how God views Christians. And I, I found 682 separate examples. You know, God might say, you're holy, you're blameless, you're pure, or you're sinful, you're, you have little faith, um, that kind of stuff. And what I found was out of the 682 examples, 612 of them were positive. Wow. Yeah, it was a nine, every time, every one time in the New Testament, God calls a Christian a sinner. Nine times he calls them saint, holy, beloved, my family, my children, my, my people. Um, so that identity, you know, let's say for the person who has been abused, They've heard so many degrading words that just to, you know, we're, we're going to preach hard truth in church, but for them to hear that through Christ, um, they're not just broken sinners sneaking in the back gate of heaven. Um, they're so loved by the Father that when he opens his mouth and he inspires his apostles, they just gush about the crazy delight he has in his children, even those who have been abused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that same thing can transform someone who's been an addict or who's been abusive, it, you know, it's not a light switch, but like a, abuse is not who you are. You're a, you're a child of God. You, you have everything in Christ. You don't need to maintain power and control over whoever to have a good life. Jesus came to give us life to the full when he was abused on the cross. So man, really getting to the heart of the gospel, letting it comfort, letting it heal, and then letting it transform people who've known some some pretty ugly ways in their past. Mm-hmm. Mike, we just have a couple of minutes left. I'd love for you to to minister today to the people who are listening who have been uh, abused. And I know the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I know even hearing these words is going to be stirring up emotion. So you would, I would love if you would encourage them. Yeah, let me say two quick things. Uh, number one, Jesus knows. Um, I imagine most people in your life don't know what all happened, but he not only knows because he knows everything, he knows because he went through it on the cross. So on the crucifixion, Jesus was absolutely abused. And yet because of that, there is such unconditional love for you that you're not you're not broken to God. You're not second rate. You're not too messy. You're not damaged goods. Um, young woman's been coming to our church who was sex trafficked as a, as a kid. And, uh, she came and, uh, we just talked about grace 
And she texted me afterwards, and it was so moving to her that there was a kind of love that was completely no strings attached, absolutely unconditional, and it didn't pick and choose. It was for people just like her. And uh, man, that's got to her heart. And I, I see her every every Sunday in our church. She comes back, and just looking her in the eye always motivates me to preach the love that Jesus has for the whole world. Mm-hmm. I want to send all of my listeners to timeofgrace.org, timeofgrace.org, backslash abuse, if you want to learn more about Mike's uh, book. And he's got plenty of other resources there you can check out. And again, it's timeofgrace.org. And his uh, book is How to Heal. Mike, I appreciate you coming on. And how are things in Appleton, Wisconsin, the home of the Houdini Museum? <laughs> well, obviously, the world-famous Houdini Museum. Yeah, yeah. Things are good. It's beautiful. We're uh, we're happy. We wear long underwear in Wisconsin for about nine months out of the year. So we finally got packed away. Yeah. So hey, thanks for coming on. Have a great a great rest of the day. Thanks, Bill. Yep. Mike Novotny's been my guest. That's all the time we have. Have a great night, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.